Welcome to the Collective Scope Podcast, where we talk to great leaders who are influencing the next generation. Everybody, welcome back to the Collective Scope Podcast. Man, we are so honored to have our guest today, Sean Copeland, with us. He is an online pastor. He's an incredibly passionate follower of Jesus and uh, soon to be published author with the release of his new book, Start Where You Are, coming out in September of this year, 2020. So Sean, welcome to the show, man. We're so honored to have you on. Bros, so grateful to be on your show. I'm looking forward to hanging out today. So thank you guys so much for having me. I've been loving your show personally. So thank you guys. Absolutely. Man, that does mean a lot that, that you listen because we, we're not sure anybody listens other than our moms. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but let's let's get right right to the good stuff, right from Jump Street. Okay, so I am obviously of an age, right? I'm older. <laughs> I just recently got clued into this TikTok world, you know, in the last six months or so. I would I've never TikToked a day in my life. Man, you are a TikTok evangelist. What in the world <laughs> is that? Man, well, well, thank you so much, bro. And by the way, you don't look old at all. You age gracefully. So I would love, I, I would know your hair from anywhere. I love, love your hair. You guys are crushing it. So stop. <laughs> but TikTok, TikTok, man. So I just felt very compelled to jump on that platform. It was sort of new and trendy. And I was just like, hey, maybe it's a great time to bring a little bit of truth to this platform especially with these kiddos, you know, there's tons of kids. I'm talking young, like six, yeah. seven, eight, yeah. nine, 19 on that platform that are literally just looking for hope, just like anywhere else. And I was just like, what are practical ways I can share the gospel? Like short, sort of fearlessly, but in a way that's authentic. And, yeah. and that sort of what bridged the gap between me connecting uh, with, you know, uh, just people on, on the highways and byways, man, sharing Jesus. And that was a really fun thing I've been doing lately. I've been loving it, though. Very yeah. cool. I was telling you before we started that that I showed uh, my youngest daughter, who's 12, she likes TikTok, who you were. And she goes, oh, I've seen him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so right. Cool. Yeah. Well, your approach, your approach is different. So we've got another friend who we're trying to get on on the show, Grayson Bearden, who creates sort of, uh prescribed not prescribed but but like a video he like a right. it's yeah. like sort of a, a he does a video and it's like really got all these elements you're more of a man on the street kind of just talking to the people like and just witnessing to people now is that part of like who you are like the character of who you are and you just brought that to tiktok or how did that come about I would definitely say it's a big part of the character of who I am. I love connecting with people, but I think like before even, you know, I came to Christ, I was working in like jails, like, like way before I knew about, you know, who Jesus is and sort of the message I was sharing him inside of jail cells. And just, I met a big range of people, everything from the Thunder cheerleader, OKC Thunder cheerleader who just got a DUI all the way to, you know, a guy in there who committed two, three murders, you know, and I was sharing the gospel with all of them. And this sort of like bridged the gap, you know, between who Rashawn is now and who, who he was back then. And it's just an opportunity for me to continue to lead, lead or walk and lead into that, you know, yeah. that evangelism calling I have. So 
Yeah. Now, tic- now TikTok is a different platform. I, I mean, most people know of uh, Instagram, Facebook, you know, even Twitter, stuff like that. Uh, I, I, I kind of consider, and this is just my explanation, it's kind of the underground of the youth movement right now, right? It's like, so true. It's like TikTok <laughs> underground. It's like the underground movement. Yeah, so true. Mama don't got it. Daddy right? so don't got it. It's yeah. kind of like the it's kind of like the dirty nitty gritty sort of social yes. media. You know, so a, true. There's some crazy stuff on TikTok. I don't know. Yeah. It, like like these people who wear it. Okay, I'm going I'm going to show a little bit of what I've been watching on TikTok. But these people who wear like hot dogs for high heels and stuff like. Do you see these? Yeah. You see these? Yeah. Who is it? You, I I don't know. Talking about wearing these Louis Vuittons. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? I Rachel. know. It's crazy. You know what I'm talking I'm about? Ray Sean, crazy. <laughs> no, it's all about Jesus on my there's, TikTok. Hey, there's a whole lot of evangelism that needs to happen on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly why I'm there. <laughs> but hey, I can't say I can't say I don't get a thrill, you know, scrolling down my TikTok timeline, coming across someone like Oh, what's what's that big duff or buff guy? There's so many different actors that are doing crazy things on TikTok. But then to actually scroll down and see like a grandma out there yes. busting out a dancer, it's yes. just epic. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so TikTok is the in case you don't know in the social media world, which I assume most people do at this point, but TikTok is sort of the dirty underground of social media. It's it's like it's like uh, you say dirty underground. All I think is like the the rap scene in Atlanta. Oh, the ATL. Well, like, like, like the ATL. So I'm, I'm, West, I'm a West Coast guy. It's like it's like Long Beach and Compton, like back in the '90s. It's Dre. Yeah, you know it's it's Snoop Dogg, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Snoop Dogg. Dogg. I told you we would rabbit trail in this show. <laughs> we're talk about Jesus at some point. I promise. I love it. Um, love it, bro. Hey, so um, you're in this space now. I think a, a, up until a couple weeks ago, this may have been a novel concept. Mm. This idea of being an online pastor. Now, everybody today is online pastor, right? Just because Basically. of the current, you know, yeah. sort of situation that we're in. But um, being an online pastor, and this is something that Jeff and I are both passionate about, especially when it comes to discipleship, mentorship, training, you know, caring for sheep. We're both pastors. We have pastor's hearts. We're big local church fans. We say that all the time on the show. We'll keep saying it. So what does it mean for you to be an online pastor? How does that work? So I I just break it down to the most simple thing. I, I think it's availability, uh, just being available for people. Um, I wish years ago, back when I was off in the world, hype man and for this guy named Soldier Boy. I was on the rap scene doing the vines and, you know, I was in LA and there was no one really who was open enough to like just connect with me or share with me about Jesus in person, let alone online. And you think about online being the most, most in, uh, least intrusive place, you know, that you can connect with someone. And I just never had anyone connect with me about Jesus online. So God, with this girl, name um well she was basically from a school named our ba- baylor university it's a christian school yeah. she was the only christian girl i was following at this point when i was like so far from the lord and i seen her one day post something about jesus and i didn't know much about him but she was basically did a romans verse that was like how wide how deep how vast the love of god is and nothing in all creation can separate us from this love that's found in christ jesus And when I started reading it, I started weeping and like it really touched me at that point, because at that point I was 
like literally going through about a depression. I was at my lowest point. I didn't have the acceptance of my friends, my family. Everyone just sort of walked out on me. And, and so-called, this girl was pastor in my heart at that moment. Mm. And I, I began to reach out to her about, who's this Jesus guy? Just tell me more about him. And she hooked me, you know, by the you know, Holy Spirit using her. She hooked me and I gave my life to Christ. But that showed me the power of social media and just yeah. being available to people and being bold enough to speak the truth in such a dire time we're living in, in such a chaotic time, you know? Yeah. So, and that changed everything for me. And at that point I was like, I gotta use my platform that God's blessed me with. At that point I had, um, you know, over a half a million followers on all my social media platforms. I was like, I gotta use this for the glory of God. I, when he changed my heart and changed my life. Uh, and from there, I just been at it, bro. <laughs> so, so I wanna clarify, I wanna ask a clarifying question. So you gave your heart to Christ through social media. A hundred percent. Wow. hundred percent. I mean, I have a, a teacher, a preacher, nobody, you know, it was just the grace of God that pulled me, man. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, yeah. so, so to the, to the leaders out there listening who are maybe new to the social media platform and just getting their message out there, I think this is a testimony and we love testimonies testify somebody that what you say and what you do can make an impact. It's more than just building a platform that there's a legitimate impact being made in people's lives. And Ray Sean is a, a testimony to that. What have you seen now that, that you've sort of taken on that space as far as the fruit of what you're doing? Mm. For, for instance, if we just, I can go to each platform, talk about each platform and share something mightily uh, that God has done through me on those platforms. And, but I would rather just say like the fact that anyone listening right now has influence, everyone has influence, uh, whether you have a social media or not, there's someone in your life that you're connected to that you can engage them uh, for Christ, it's the most beautiful thing ever. Um, and I would just encourage someone, it doesn't matter how many followers you are, followers you have, uh, how big your platform is, how many listeners on a podcast, it doesn't matter. Any of that doesn't matter. Um, I, I, I love what Jesus, like the approach that he had, you know, he always approached those who were least. And I think that if people would just understand that no matter how messy their life is, that there's mercy for the mess, like that will change everything. And, and all he needs to use is your mouthpiece to open up and to talk to that person and, and hear that person. So I don't want to get on like a little, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying it's just a simple, it starts conversations and you have influence and I would encourage you to use it. I think uh, we recently just did a show with uh, Addison Bevere, who's got a book out called Saints and uh, – just a great book, a great conversation, but he literally said some of the exact same things that you're saying right now about everyone has influence. Everyone has a platform, even in this current situation with everyone being on lockdown, you still have access to your street. You still got access yeah. on your social media. You still have a way to influence people towards, uh, towards a conversation or towards a relationship with Jesus. And I think, yes. I think, um, our uh, one of our uh, professors here, and he's actually the president elect of the university he will be coming in next year. Dr. Mark Walker preached a message this past convocation um, before we had to close school down. And he, 
in his message, he made a statement that it has stuck with me so profoundly. And I think it speaks very highly into this moment because we look for, a, we, we think because we don't have half a million followers that we yeah. don't have influence. If you have two people following you on social media, those are two people that you can influence, right? So the comment that he made was this, as I am with what I have, I am yours. And, mm. and so, I mean, I think it's, there's something there about, about you and your faithfulness with what you have, right? As yeah. you are with what you have, you are his. And it's so cool to see, uh, you know, you kind of maximizing that, that reality. And man, I just think it's incredible that you gave your heart to Christ through social media. So well, true. Gospel can be translated in any medium capacity or context, right? Yeah, yeah. Now you're using the same sort of methodology to reach other people. And so um, a challenge in that, though, with social media is it's really hard sometimes to tell who's real and who's putting on a social media front. So yeah. Right? So, so tell me, tell me, Rayshon, off social media, talk to me about Rayshon on social media. How okay. do how does your character overlap between both worlds? Because we're all a little bit different yeah. on the camera than we are off, off the, camera, the camera, right? So, so true. So good. I want to tell you a little bit. Just, I love how you, you state that. Like, And I think this is where living a life that's authentic, not where you have it together on the outside all the time. I could tell you a hundred things that Rashawn does wrong are a thousand every single day, and, you know, um, and I think it's so important that we each remain open as followers of Christ, living authentically from a place of acceptance and not for acceptance. Mm. A lot of people right now, uh, even influencers in my circle, we have times where we speak to each other and we just, we get truthful and real about you know, because a lot of my friends, really quick, a lot of my friends don't really relate to the social media stuff. And yeah. they're just now digitally getting engaged like pastors and leaders right. on online right now because they have to. And and I, what I've learned the most about that is when I try to come to a brother, you know, that is in my organic, you know, Christian community right here in my home and, you know, our community groups offline is they don't quite understand the Rashawn and what it takes you know, quote unquote, to uh, steward, you know, sort of this influence and audience and things like that. But needless to say, I think it's just about being open all the time and having that tribe of people around you to hold you accountable. One, my wife, outside the Holy Spirit, my wife is the greatest helper. <laughs> she lets me know really quick what areas, hey, you preaching this online, but you're messing up over here. Come on now, y'all gotta yeah. say amen to that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But um, hey, this ain't that show, man. This ain't that show. We said that for a different show. <laughs> exactly. I think it been, uh, was it Carson Case who said this the exact same thing? Carson? Yeah. Yeah, I think he said the exact same thing. He's like, he's like that his, his number one is the Holy Spirit than his wife who would check yes. him quicker than anybody else. Yep. So true. So true. So, but, but I, what I just think is so important, it, I got to actually assess my own life every single day. I got to be aware of what areas am I allowing it to continue to be messy? What areas am I trying to hide and not confess and want to the Lord and want to my wife, to my true community? I just got to keep it real. And that's what I'm learning more and more every single day. I don't want to be that hypocrite guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to live a life that where it's not always, you know, sunshine, puppies, rainbows, all that stuff. But like, dude, I'm broken. 
I'm broken and I, I need, that's why I try to lead that way out of even my content these days because it's needed. How do we connect yeah. with people if we're not going to be real, especially Christians? And one of the things I've, I've enjoyed and I hate, I don't want to say I enjoyed it. That's not, that's not the best adjective to use that I've appreciated maybe a better adjective is some of the, the videos you share on TikTok where, where you ask somebody, like, is it Jesus or a million dollars? And they say Jesus. And we can all get the goosebumps over that. But you've also had some encounters where somebody's like, yeah, we don't want Jesus. Yeah. And, and you shared that as well. And so yeah. where social media especially has a, a high edit level just to show our best and show our wins. Yeah. I think what you're doing showing that there are some people who, who hear the message and still deny it is a reality. Yeah. And that not everything's a win. And, and I think I appreciate that as much as some of the other parts, Rishon, that, that you go, Hey, listen, I can do what I'm called to do. The yeah. outcomes are still up to the Lord. You know? Yeah. So true. And, 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 and it hurts my heart every single day because I'm out there. I told the Lord every day I'm a, like, I'm able to, I'm going to go out and share the gospel, but there's some days where you just don't feel like it. And it hurts even more when you, it's to not take rejection personally. Yeah. That has been something I've been learning more and more because, you know, there's been times I almost was attacked, attacked by, you know, someone I walked up to wasn't, they were, they weren't in their right mind. They were drunk or under, you know, substances and different things like that. And it, I just got to remember at the end of the day, one, use discernment. <laughs> but number two, you know, one man plants a seed, the other man waters, but God makes it grow. And I got to continue to meditate. Like he's going to call and, 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 and those are, those who are his are going to come, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm just the messenger, you yeah. know, whether or not they receive the message, but the message is the greatest message of all time. Yeah. Amidst all this bad news. We got good news. That's the gospel. So I'm trying to like share it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But it's tough sometimes, you know. So, so as a person kind of out there on the streets, um, since Jeff brought up the conversation about rejection or being pushed back, what do most people tell you when they push back or they do reject? I mean, are, are most people coming from a place of hurt of, from the church? Mm. Are they coming from a place of ignorance about the faith, uh, about Christ generally? What, yeah. what has been kind of some of the, the major things that, that people push back on you? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, bro. I would say nine times out of 10, when I come across someone trying to share with them Jesus, but they completely just like refute, you know, it's, it's typically that they've had a problem with God in the, or really the people of God in the past, that's been really huge, or either, you know, God's felt them in some way or capacity. Once I get into the deeper conversation outside of the TikTok video, it's like, hey, well, if God's loving, why do you do this? I lost my son X amount of years ago. This guy pushed me off the bridge and stuff like that. You know, like, it's just... It's trivial things, you know, where, you know, I don't know. It's, it's tough though. Like trying to navigate those conversations with them and, and, and yeah, I just keep praying for each and every one of them who don't accept them though. Yeah. yeah. So, so you've got a book coming out and we'll get to the book, but I love the subtitle it says how God meets your mess, loves you through it and leads you out of it. Yeah. And, and if you, if you were listening carefully, he, he sort of showed his hand at who he used to be. 
He was the hype man for Soldier Boy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so how, how do you get from hype man for Soldier Boy to evangelistic heart for Jesus? Like what, yeah. what was the mess you walked through to get there? Wow, man, I, I can go down a laundry list of things. I mean, everything from being a womanizer to, uh, you know, being a self-indulging, prideful, egotistical, you know, guy who was all about him in his own castle rather than God's kingdom type deal. Uh, I spent time out in LA, which was a really fun time. It was a lot of fun. I can't say it wasn't fun. I love uh, my lifestyle and the sin that I was living in, you know, having a ton of sex out of marriage, all kinds of things. It was just wild, bro, wildlife. But here's one thing that I uh, realized that years ago before I had got into that situation where, you know, I'm around a lot of stars and, you know, people who are popular, I, I was shot down, left for dead one night. And I remember, you know, after being shot by this guy um, and literally taken to the hospital, I'm literally on the last leg of my life, it felt like. I'm on my deathbed, it felt like. And this lady comes in who was a nurse, and she just speaks these amazing, uh, truthful words about who Jesus is in a loving way. And it changed everything for me uh, at that moment. Uh, needless to say, after that time, I went off and sort of I got my health back. I, I began to play sports again. I went to college and then I started getting around the wrong influences again, got around more women, more drugs. You know, I was selling drugs for a bit while I was in college and I commissioned it to the army and different things like this. All these things start happening. Then God sort of just disappeared. He vanished like his, even my thoughts of him. No, I longer, I no longer, you know, could taste and see that he was good. Only at my bedside was, good in my mind at that point but fast forward i go off and i sort of run to la to join this this um you know hollywood trying to get in there and get famous and then you know needless to say it was the grace and mercy of god pursuing me that things started getting stripped away you know the girl that i was in love with that went to usc she was in law school she literally heard these toxic words come out of the mouths of some guys that I thought were good buddies of mine. So all of them sort of split at the same time. And I'm at my house in the valley. I got a G-Wagon out front. I mean, life is good from the outside, the world, from what the world can see. But inside, like, I'm dying. I was suicidal. I went into the room, grabbed the pistol, put a gun to my head. And that's when I picked up that cell phone from the girl, you know, on my timeline from Baylor, the only Christian girl and it, man, it was a cataclysmic moment. It was when God's grace hit me smack in the face, man. <laughs> and then I just went back to the lover of my soul. And ever since then, it changed everything that I became like a guy who just fell in love with Jesus again. And I just yeah, began to share him every day and live him. <laughs> well, the best I can. <laughs> but wow. yeah. It's just wild how he worked that out, but he has mercy for our mess. Yeah, dude, that's a, that's a great story. And in some ways ours echo similar minus the whole uh, G wagon scene. I've never owned a G wagon. Uh, <laughs> I've owned a Jeep. I, maybe that's the closest You're thing I've gotten to much. a G wagon. Yeah. Um, no. But anyway, anyway, so, um, you know, our stories are very similar and, uh, I say similar. I, I certainly don't want to compare, but 
military life for me, nice. suicidal, um, living a very difficult lifestyle that was not God promoting, God honoring. But b- before I became a Christian, I went and spent a week with a friend who grew up in a monastery in Boston. Wow. And that was the first time I'd ever heard the gospel. And this, this brother, uh, who was a Huntington Beach native surfer, who became a Catholic priest. Uh, so I'm a West Coast guy myself, Huntington Beach area. So, um, nice. okay. so, so this guy witnessed to me, and it was, it was sometime after that that I actually gave my heart to Christ. But it was his words that, you know, about the gospel of Jesus that really kind of sowed the seed. So mm-hmm. talking about sowing the seed, some water, God makes it grow, others reap, right? That's, that's yeah. the biblical yeah. narrative. And so I think, I think for you, and maybe even this, this um, culture, this season, this time that we're living in, especially with Gen Z and millennials, which is kind of our focus of our conversation typically on the show, how do we lead young adults? Um, I don't think, I think people get too frustrated too quickly about social media and the impact it has on the soul. Yeah. So I think, I think a lot of things that we talk about is this digital discipleship, digital evangelism. I'm doing a show next week on a, on a different, on a different platform, uh, talking about becoming a digital missionary. Mm. I mean, so all of these things are sort of colliding and culminating at one time. So I think for you, um, do you see a next step in your digital platform in terms of how you, how you're going to spread the word, share the gospel? I mean, do you, do you have any foresight into that? Or are you just, you just rolling with the punches as they come? I love it. Great question, bro. And this is a big shift for the church. I'm literally, you probably be like, what? Like there's been tons of pastors and leaders reaching out trying to figure out what's the next step for the church digitally and sort of what value one can I bring or some of the people in my community that has been invested, investing largely for some years now in the digital space. But I could see there being so much happen out of this, not only just using your platforms to just, you know, reach more people like a global outreach style deal, but more like cultivating Christ centered communities online and, and building, because I think that's where the true, you know, growth will come once we, you know, not only, hopefully we're not here forever as far as the church where we have to be digitally online sort of like that. But I'm saying to have stuff in place uh, where actual communities can grow and flourish, whether it's through zoom or through Skype or whether, you know, the church innovates and, and creates something that can connect me with my neighbor X amount of houses down who need, who's in need or who needs help. I think there's just so many different things. And Facebook Mm. has responded in such an amazing, innovative way as far as with this COVID-19 virus. Like if you go to your, uh, the COVID-19 link, you literally can see people in your neighborhood and, you know, in your city, Mm. specific needs that you can go serve like right now. That's a huge opportunity for the church, even right now, uh, that we can capitalize on. And there's so much more that can come out of this, you know, especially on a discipleship end. Wow. And Facebook made a transition um, probably a year or two ago with Nona Jones. They brought on Nona. Yeah, love and, Nona. Uh, yeah. And, and she talks about how Facebook moved with the emphasis off of pages, everybody sort of touting themselves into groups. Like they made this shift like two years ago that, 
that the algorithm was going to really be about groups. And so if you're in a group, you see group and start trying to drive community back to Facebook, drive the individual back to Facebook and away from big business who had kind of consumed that space. Yeah. It used to be yeah. on Facebook, it would like every third post was an ad for something or you're being sold something. And they really shut that down. Um, it hurt a lot of online influencers who make money that way, but was bringing back probably what we are in dire need of right now, which is community. Community. So and true. Trying to drive community. Um, so how have you found in, in the spaces you're in, how, do, how have you stayed connected to community, um, both in real life and then in the online spaces? I've seen a pretty smooth trans transition from, um, you know, our community groups, you know, or even my weekly meetups with business partners are like, there's so many different things. And we just literally went right over to passing the zoom link and jumping on there. And it's been, you know, it doesn't serve us like if we're across from one another, but it's a blessing in and of itself. I think a miracle that we get to live in such a time like this, where we can sit across each other with these, high def, you know, mics and cameras and yeah. like, we're not missing really a beat besides the fact I can contact you guys and hug That's you right. <laughs> else. But um, I think it's just so powerful. And if we don't use it like now uh, for the gospel, when are we going to use it? Like, yeah. this is a time where we, sh oh, man, I'm not saying or pointing fingers at nobody, no church leaders, no pastors, but I think this is just a great learning opportunity, a lesson for all of us as a body. Yeah. yeah. And let's keep moving towards deeper towards community and being innovative as the world is. Keep, it, keep it'll be really interesting to see, I think. And um, when the kind of this, this storm, this season sort of, comes to a close and we are able to return to our churches. We are able to return back to our grocery stores or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see who, who keeps the innovation that they created in the midst of and those who just revert back to the old ways of doing things. Yeah. Not that necessarily one is right and one is wrong or one is better and one is worse, but, but certainly I think there's a level of integration. Um, of the innovation that that could be healthy and transformative and launching, you know, ministries and the gospel mm. into stratospheric realms that nobody else could touch. Right. So yes. it'll be an interesting kind of phenomenon for us, I think is as we kind of slow down on, on the, um, the crisis piece of it, but yeah, so true. Yeah. And so I true. think the danger in Sean, you've probably seen this as well is that, that the you started on vine and yeah vine is obsolete <laughs> vine is gone yeah. bro did anybody tell you that oh what'd vine you say bro <laughs> yeah vine is gone yeah, it's gone it ain't coming like back <laughs> just like myspace <laughs> yeah exactly it's a constantly shifting shifting sand in technology so if you were advising and i think you do some of this advising leaders who are trying to find footing in digital space what would you tell them to do mm. first? Great question. Right now, if say if they're start, starting with a blank slate, clean yeah, blank page, slate. I would literally, if I could just tell a leader, one, if it's a pastor, I would just say, utilize whatever, again, whatever platform you have, you know, contrary to what your thoughts on how many followers and, you know, your engagement, this and that, just jump on there 
and show up, be available. You don't got to preach a sermon. You don't have to do all that. All people want is access. Allow people to have access to you by being available to them. Answer the questions, pray for them. You know, and, and, and it doesn't even have to be that. Like yesterday, for instance, I seen a pastor and it was just so cool. It was so inviting. He was walking uh, his dog and like he had his little daughter and his little toddler and they were walking down the street. And I mean, he was just showing me what was going on in his world and like sharing, like, this is my neighbor right here. His name is Bob. I've been praying for him for years. Last time I seen him, he was drunk out of his mind out front of his yard at, late at night or something. But he, literally, he just gave me access. And I was just like, this is real. This is what I'm talking about. I want more of this, you know? And that, that's why I think it really, it, it triggers on, you know, uh, t uh, TikTok and platforms like that because you get access to people like literally at times where you know you don't necessarily you know think you would yeah yeah I don't know it just blows my mind what are y'all thoughts on that well, it, so it sounds like to me what you're saying is is that you know we've used the word authenticity which could be described in a multitude of different ways right yeah but really what you're what you're saying it, you know especially if you're a spiritual leader is is stop being so much concerned about the performance mm. of your role right yeah and again we've 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 had a lot of leaders and uh different people on this show who talk about the character of your role right now mm, that's good right so so i think what you're saying is and you correct me if i'm wrong i don't want to certainly insert anything into your to your story but but you know from what you just shared what you what you're looking for and what other people are looking for and this this goes for our church leaders who are listening stop mm. being so concerned about the performance yeah, if you goof yeah. up on the video don't delete it. Just keep rolling. Yeah, keep you know what I'm like people connect with the mess up. That people connect with the mess up, right? That's that's when the book. That's going to be in the book. Connect. With Amen. The mess up. So so I think I think you know if I can encourage us as leaders because what's really intimidating about social space, especially for pastors who are not comfortable or leaders who are not used to it all the time, is we feel like and here's the comparison trap. Mm. We feel like it has to be highly produced, ultra clear, HD, 1080p or whatever it is, yeah, right? So true. And it's not. It's just about <laughs> you being you in the space that you are with the people that you have, right? Yeah, and yeah. So, and I think, you know, you can speak to this. The, the times that we talked about some of the rejection, but talk about some of the victories that you've had on your on your platforms, you know, as you talk to people. What was what was the thing that really caught their attention? Yeah, man, like it's something about, see, a lot of times I don't even have to say anything. Like a lot of these guys, I'm speaking specifically in the homeless community. When I walk up to them, typically they're so used to people walking right past them mm -hmm. and not acknowledging them, not even other homeless people acknowledging them unless they know them or unless there's a way a homeless person can benefit from them. Literally, no one stops to, and talks to them. So literally, when I do it, it's a surprise in and of itself, whether I open my mouth or not. And that's 
what blew my mind as I observed this over time. But when I began to like open my mouth about Jesus and some of the biggest victories that I've had are from people who didn't even look like people you would pre- like, you would think like they don't want nothing to do with Christ. They don't want nothing to do with God just from your own, you know, sort of, I mean, that may just be me. Like at times I'll be like, he probably is going to reject me. Maybe, you know, I don't know, but I'll walk up to him and literally the guy balls like he ends up crying like this guy a grown man ends up crying and we talk for about an hour to the ins and outs of his life and everything those are the greatest sweetest most victorious moments when i can share in someone's rejoicing but also their sorrows i've learned so much from just that most of the goodness happens outside that 60 seconds that i get on tiktok honestly and i just i can't get enough of it um but um, then again, here's another part side of my heart for like the next generation. I, I really jumped on there to desensitize them from homeless people. Like they're not to be scared of. You can connect with them. They're normal people just like us. And I just wanted to, that to be a part of my message as well, mm-hmm. uh, that we can love them and love them really well. Not just to give them something all the time, but to actually connect and fellowship with them over time. A lot of these guys, I, I know them by name in my city. And, and I think that's what Jesus would have done. I'm not saying I'm this high, you know, I, I, I'm not saying I'm anybody at all, but I'm just learning more. And there's times I don't even know my neighbor's name, but I'm going down the street to minister to a homeless. Like yeah. I fell in so many ways. And I just know that just as much as the homeless man needed, my neighbor needs the gospel. Yeah. And I'm more scared to, and I told my wife and friends this before, I'm more nervous about sharing the gospel with a businessman than a man that's been underneath a bridge. And that's just something God's working in my heart and, and, and he's changing me, but yeah, bro. So I just wanted to, to share that. I know I probably went off on a rabbit trail again, but no, no, we all do. I think what you bring up though, Rayshawn, is, is true across the board. I think we all want to be seen. Mm. I think I think in some way we all feel ignored, we all feel overlooked, and and some of us put on personas or or personalities to keep yeah. ourselves being seen. But I think at the core of who we are, I think this goes to the gospel message is we want to be seen for who we are. Amen. Yes. And, and I think that's the value of what you're doing. And I think for leaders, just just one, see people as they are. Two, don't be afraid to be seen. Yeah. So I think like, I, so and, true. and I don't want to criticize and I don't, please, please, whoever's listening, don't take this as criticism or here's criticism, but I've watched and seen some, some of these streaming services from the past couple of weeks, but pastors mm. with nobody in their church behind the pulpit in their full suit. And, mm. and I'm going, mm. they need you just to be real in this moment. The, yeah. He, you know, and, and not that you're no longer pastor, but I think we need to get off the performance and be the person wow. and, and be able to, however that is authentic to who they are. Now, if they wear a suit and tie every day, wear a suit and tie, be authentic, yeah. be, yeah. be who you are. But I, mean, I that's, think, yeah. but I think be present and be real in that moment and, and be seen, be accessible. Be accessible. I think that's what Rayshawn was talking about. Be accessible. So, so it's the, it's the accessibility mm-hmm. 
that probably you talked about walking up to a homeless person. Are you yeah. still in the LA area? Is that where you are? Or well, I'm back in Oklahoma City. We're back in Oklahoma City. Okay, sorry. I, I didn't catch that. Well, Oklahoma City has a lot of homeless as well, right? Of yeah, course, so you know, LA does, but but it's the accessibility. Yeah. The very fact that you would approach someone who's homeless, who typically yeah. gets passed by, overlooked, or snarked at, or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. The fact that you would just approach them. And in case you can't see Rayshon, because you you're listening on a podcast, yeah, brother has an addictive smile. It's it's infectious. Oh, yeah, I mean, so so reflecting so somebody brother. with this amazing <laughs> smile and Jesus oh, in his heart, he's well, accessible. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So, oh, uh, you guys are amazing, man. <laughs> I gotta have y'all on my show ASAP too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Uh, uh, like it. you said something earlier, and I thought. I thought this is a brother who walks in a room and probably hugs everybody. Every person <laughs> you know. Probably the hardest time with social distancing. Like, well, you like, know what? That COVID uh, is yeah discouraging me in that area, but the Lord gonna give me yeah more bold portion on the backside. That's probably. right. Yeah. Everybody getting a hug when I get out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with gloves and everything. Yeah, right. yeah. full mock suits, masks, yeah. whatever you got. <laughs> so true yeah and, and so but but i'm so appreciative of of this conversation because um one of the things we've been saying a lot is 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 god is into the ands and not ors mm, um, good. and so i think what we're what i hope we learn and what i hope people like like you ray sean can teach us is that the kingdom of god is going to happen in the house like we've done for thousands of years. Yes, so true. And it's going to happen outside. And mm. whether it be through through social media or, or just genuinely seeing people, whether it be the homeless or the businessman or your neighbor and engaging them in conversation, it, it can't be or anymore. It has yeah. to be and. We yeah. have to, we have to, when we can go back to church, we can't forfeit what we've learned out of this season. Yeah. So true. That's much needed, bro. We got to bridge the gap because he bridged our gap, right? Yeah. Came to us while we were messy and he, in a miraculous way, bridged the gap through his son, Jesus. And we need to make it and not or. Yeah. That's just what I love that. So here, here's another question for you. And this is off script. So apologize for not, not that, but well, actually I don't. Oh, no, I've been, all, I've been <laughs> off script all day, man. All day long. I've been off script, but, um, <laughs> You obviously have some significant experience in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're a hype man for Soldier Boy, right? So yeah. I call that legit platform experience with, with the entertainment industry. One of the things that Jeff and I talk about a lot on the show with a lot of different people is how, how as believers in Christ, as followers of Jesus, how we're taking back yeah. artistic expressions that we've lost, right? I mean, how many people could you count and I count who started off singing in church and ended up, you know, uh, multi-platinum, yeah. you know, celebrity, but don't sing in church anymore. Exactly. Right? And it's not a fault thing. Like we're not criticizing that. Like yeah. God gave them that talent. True. But I think this, this reclaiming of the artistic expressions of who God created us to be, whether it be in rap music or whether it be in, uh, you know, uh, artistic paint form or some other yeah. medium through art expression. Um, how do you see the gospel sort of infiltrating 
those industries because we've got some really good Christian rappers. They don't get yeah. their due. I mean, you think about Lecrae yeah. and people Lecrae. like that. I mean, here are the yeah. transcending, you know, mediums and genres and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Daigle, who, who transcends mediums, I mean, and, and genres across the music world. So yeah. how do you see the gospel sort of reclaiming the, the entertainment industry, number one, how do you see God using that experience in your life personally, maybe yeah. to be a part of that, that, that reclaiming of, of that creative expression? Great question, bro. So just speaking from my experience back when I was in LA, sort of right there in the, the limelight, so to speak. And I just remembered at a surface level, you know, it was exactly what I wanted. It was you know, fulfilling from the standpoint, I can have more, I can do more and all this. But when I found out how utterly empty entertainment is without God and how much it, life is more about becoming than doing and having, that changed everything for me. Um, and I would encourage, I think what every entertainer, uh, every rapper, every preacher, teacher, whoever, whoever it is that has a large influence and can have, we can have this uh, sort of crave and appetite to please people. But at the end of the day, if it isn't for God and we'll live a life of a facade, like really not where we're supposed to be with him yeah. in him being more like him. And that's where true transformation comes in us from the inside to the outside. And I'm just, I know that's a lot of just stuff right there in a minute. But yeah, I just remember how futile and empty it was without fully being engaged and satisfied in God himself. Dude, it's a, it was a fake life for me. Yeah. And I'll never forget just the, the life. Ah, oh man, I, it changed everything. Godliness with contentment is great gain. I think Paul said that for a reason. He said, I consider everything rubbish for the surpassing yeah. value of knowing Christ. And he had everything going for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think it goes back to my point, bros. Like when we think about even my subtitle on my book is how God meets us in our mess, loves us through it, and leads us out of it. Just like Paul was on the road to Damascus and God met him right in the middle of his mess. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why are you persecuting me? And then his eyes were open. And then literally he went out boldly, started preaching the gospel contrary to the opinions of men just wanted to please God. And that's where the beginning of a satisfied life comes, a full fulfilled life comes. So yeah. I always tell that to any rapper. It's no bad thing of being a rapper or uh, any, you know, I don't know. When I first came to Christ, I started thinking like rap music because it's been shown to me in a like a distorted way. Yeah. I was thinking it was a bad thing, you know? But when I realized that God's more about us using our gift to glorify him than ourselves, there was nothing wrong when I got a pure view. You know, the scripture says to the pure, all things are pure. And, um, you know, to the impure, all things are impure. And, yeah, it's just the way we look at it. And, yeah, thanks for asking that question. I hope, yeah, again, I didn't go all over the place. <laughs> I no. tend to talk all over the place. <laughs> but the key thing, the key thing is, is that the art is not bad mm. right you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah yeah talent is not bad boom god gave it to you right if he gave yeah. you the ability to rap if he gave yeah. you the ability to sing if he gave you the ability to draw or to write mm. right whatever the artistic expression is that's not the bad piece 
it's the intentionality, it's the direction, it's the yeah. effort, it's the energy. So good. The platform is the root source of how you use the gift. Yeah. Right. So that transforms so everything about the gift. Right. So yes. we can perform with the gift without God's hand on it because mm. he gave it to Ooh, us. That's right? a, that'll preach all week. <laughs> right. And we know, we know people who preach because they got the gift. Um, exactly. Exactly. What, what did uh, Christine Kane say? Uh, she said something like um, anointing and something else is totally different. Anointing and something else. I forgot our ability. Uh, anointing authority totally is, is Alex Seeley. She was talking yes. about anointing oh. authority. Anointing. Oh, yes, Alex Seeley. Yes, it was on our show. Who yeah. they're both Australian, but yeah, she was talking about yeah that very like you can be anointed, you can do good at it, mm. but authority is something completely different. Oh, that and, makes sense. And so yeah, that that listen, I, I, I can t- tell you of many times either a sermon or somebody, and I go, oh, that was really good but there was nothing to it, no substance to it. Yeah. And I wow. think the authority is the substance piece that causes or creates an atmosphere of transformation. Yeah. Love that. Come on. Ooh, I'm going I'm to re-listen to this and take notes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to head out to OKC. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We're coming. We're coming. Y'all need to. Hey, where are you guys at? I was meaning to ask that. We're, we're just north of Chattanooga, Tennessee. So, okay. yeah. We're, cool. we're located here at Lee University is where we're se- in September. I'm supposed to be going out there to connect with Annie Downs. So oh, yeah, I want to try to drive up and visit you guys. If hey, I would love to meet you guys in person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, listen, yeah. we'll come to Nashville. We love Nashville. We, love okay. Nashville. we have okay. a lot of people on the show from Nashville. Yeah. Nashville area. If we get over this, let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come to Nashville. We'll meet you in Nashville. <laughs> um, yeah. So are you doing her show? Yeah, yeah, in September. I'm excited. About I love her show. That sounds fun. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to get anybody to listen to somebody other than us because you need to listen to us. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and Rashawn, but Andy Downs' show is fun. It's a good time. It's yeah. Good there. Love um, it. So, no, that's good. That, she's, she is phenomenal. And she does such a great job. She is one of the, the best curators of conversations mm. um, and he is and she does such so a great cool. job asking questions she's really enjoyable you have a good time with that yeah and one thing i love about her she's always so joyful in conversations yeah too. yeah yeah that's awesome well bro we got one last question for you and it's a question we ask everybody on the show okay and uh and i, and I know that you mentioned college um in any classroom experience will do you know if it wasn't college but what is one thing that you learned outside of the classroom? Um, what is one great lesson of life you learned outside of the class? I didn't phrase that right. We say okay. it all the time. My words are jacked up today. You know that? <laughs> yeah. So here's the, here's the question. What is one lesson you learned in college that did not take place in the classroom? That's go. the right question. I got that time. That did not take place in the classroom. Um, oh, this shows I will probably say that leadership is not having the capacity. Well, it's actually having the capacity to influence others through inspiration and not necessarily information. Mm. Like literally I thought everything, like it was the beginning and end all the way my parents used to say, hey, you better go to college, you are the military. That was my only two options as a young kid. 
they never explained to me that there's a route, you know, that a calling rather uh, that could literally be used to propel me deeper into my purpose. It was always about profit. You know, information will bring me profit and, you know, that's a profitable means to what I need to do and become. But information, yeah, inspiration is what literally like being inspired by, you know, having a call and not just a career or a job. And that's what I would say, you know, just, you know, putting that together. I don't know. Yeah. Does, it, does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, I'm just yeah. talking. Yeah, yeah. Inspiration over information. So that like you don't have to go to school to be cool. Although I'm not telling you not to go to school. <laughs> hey, this is no, a college. This college. is a college campus, Rayshon. You can't stay say that. Stay you can't stay in school, stay cool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. No, I'm just saying, like, I'm, okay, I, that, that was kind of bad. I probably should have talked to you about that. <laughs> no, but you're on the money. You're on yeah, the track. Just, I went to school for criminal justice and all this other stuff. But I learned so much in college. The community, the connections. Yeah. Man, that's probably bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're you you can delete that. Delete that. Say. Most people huh? say leave school. They just they just tell us that a lot of what they learned was not in the classroom. And and I, I've yeah. often said that you go to school to learn and what you end up learning is learning how to learn and, mm. and from people and you end up oh, with valuable good. relationships. Rob and I, we've said it many times, we met in an Old Testament survey class here at Lee and, and now it's one of the most valuable relationships some 20 years later that we're doing this. And so, uh, yeah. so there's, that was that. The, the inspiration over information, I think still wins. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and not saying information isn't important. I mean, that would probably, I could probably be so much smarter right now if I would have just <laughs> stayed in my studies. <laughs> but I think that's totally a perspective thing. But I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we need both of them. Hey, if you're listening, yeah, we need both. both. Stay both. in school. <laughs> Remember, it's and, not or, right? It's and, not or. <laughs> yeah. Hey, bro, how do we stay in touch with you, man? How do we stay in touch? How do we watch your TikTok videos, stay with you on social media? How do we do that? Awesome, bro. Uh, so TikTok is Bible verse daily, or you can search for Sean Copeland anywhere on any platform. And uh, yeah, I could connect with you guys at RashawnCopeland.org as well. And yeah, that's my website. So yeah, I really appreciate this opportunity, fellas. Yeah, it's been cool. You guys are amazing. Uh, that's too kind. The book, uh, Start Where You Are, comes out in September. Be looking for that. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great release. And just from the little bit I know of your story, it's going to be an impactful awesome. message to really mm. help people. And Rayshon, as we always say here at the Collectives Go podcast, you for sure, my friend, have a seat at the table. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, thank guys. You. I'll sit every on. day with y'all. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Collectors Code Podcast. Would you do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review, and share this on social media so this content can reach other great leaders? Yeah.